This podcast is brought to you by Media8. Welcome to the My Business Podcast, where we sit down with local businesses and we talk about who they are, where they come from, and what inspires them to be in business. So today we have with us Colleen Sutherland from Sutherland Property Management. Welcome, Colleen, to the Podfire Studio. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's excellent to have you in here because you're from an industry property management that uh, is something that I think a lot of people are really interested in, whether they're homeowners, they're looking to buy, whether they're renting or they're looking to rent. There's, you know, across the board, there's so many different elements to what you do. So um, we've said what the name of the business is, but tell people what you do in the broad sense. In the broad sense, uh, the agency is predominantly commercial and residential property management. We do have a sales arm, which sort of came to us by default, if if you will. Um, and it's about um, the experience of property management, and that's both being a client, the landlord, the owner, uh, and a tenant or the buyer. They're the customer. How long have you been doing this for? Now, I know your history and this is a lot longer than Sutherland Property Management, but tell us a bit about that history. So I I fell into the job when work was abundant um, and did like the interaction with the tenants yep. and then um, worked for quite some time, excluding time having babies. Um, and then I hurt my knee, so I left yep. and then um, by default, I started my agency in June 2004. June 2004. Hang on, I'm doing the math. So we're nearing 19 years now. Yes, You correct. must be doing something right to be able to still be smiling too. <laughs> so Doing something right, but also being an independent business, yep. which is really difficult in this age of big agencies. And not just talking about franchised agencies, there are big mega agencies yep. out there. So remaining... Um, more not that cookie cutter type um, agency where we've got the room to have more of a tailored experience on all aspects of property management. I love the way you say that, that tailoring of the experience because that's what stands somebody out against the next person, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So we're not for everyone, I get that, because we do have a more in-depth um, approach to everything in property management. So... Um, and it doesn't suit everybody, but we do try and tailor it um, with all the different um, aspects of, well, the personalities of of the people. So Now, yeah. I've heard that you've got a little bit of a personality yourself, so <laughs> hopefully we'll see a little bit of that, of that in the next 20 minutes or so. Um, you're situated in Burley. Correct, um, yes. Whereabouts do you service, though? What, what well, area? because we're close to the border, we do go down to... Um, uh, Kingscliff, Casuarina, and then we go as far north as uh, Brisbane. Yep. I do have one in Burpengary, um, but while it's a broad spectrum, we do uh, work so that when we go to these properties, they are in a zone and then they're all looked after the same. So one question that I always like to ask is what gets you up in the morning? What makes you want to do what you do? For me, being the principal, um, for me it's – continuing learning myself because I do really enjoy that aspect of it. So I'm going into another little arm at the moment and it's the study, it's the being able to service them and giving people the knowledge, my knowledge and my experience and to be able to um, 
you know, portray that over to the to your clients, clients yeah. and, and tenants. So, yeah. And that's obviously on a day-to-day basis, you're, you're dealing face-to-face. Your name is on the business. It is, So yes. how many people do you see, like, in a week? Is it uh, Are you just constantly talking to people about property? Yes, yeah. And yeah. you're at a barbecue and having a few drinks and someone yeah. goes, so how's the market going? And you're like, um, not a good time to be asking me. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, but through the week. And, and it's a shame we don't see people face-to-face as often as I would. When you see people face-to-face, you do get a quite a different dynamic. You get a different... Um, you can often get a different outcome because you don't have that mm, reading that tone into that email or or whatever. Um, and then with my personality, yep. um, yeah, people can sometimes mistake that for being rude, but I'm not. No, no, no. But you've got, to, you've got to have fun too. I mean, business mm. is business, but you know your personality is you. So yes. and I think that yeah. um, even in the short time that we've been speaking um, previous to we hit the record button. The one thing I found is that you know you're energetic, you're excitable, you like doing what you do. So I'm guessing that do. you love doing it. Do you love property? Mm. I do, I do, and I'm a property owner myself, so yep. I've got investment properties myself. So I can understand too where people are coming from sometimes, um, and and that also brings a different perspective as well than other than well, this is my textbook and and this is my rules and regulations and we're going to go, but it doesn't quite work that way. Well, it's got to be in every business, doesn't it? Because it does. if you don't love what you're doing, how do you sell that to someone as being something that they need? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Do you find it easy getting new clients? Um, I can do and it's attracting the right client. So like I said, we're not for everybody. So I don't particularly want the the people who are just looking for a certain business model. Yep. We have a specific business model. We are structured that way and it can be quite unique to what some people are used to. So you get a new client? Yes. What is the process that you have to go through with that client? Okay, so it depends on if they're coming over with a with a tenant or they're coming over um, as a just bought it. So it depends on the type of landlord there are there they are. So there's professional landlords who are a particular um, personality type yep. and they want this done, they want it done well, and I haven't got time. Yep. And that's – they're great. <laughs> There's mum and dad investors who uh, think that, well, let's dabble in that market to make some money for the future. So when they come on board, we have a different approach to onboarding them as as a landlord. So you're teaching these people about – about yeah. the whole industry, aren't you? Yeah, there's a lot of education. Yep. So, and then there's um, uh, mum and dad investors, accidental investors. I saw that on your website. Explain more what an accidental investor so is. So, an accidental investor is if they've gone to sell their property and haven't been able to achieve their uh, price yep. and don't can't afford to or don't want to sell at the reduced price, then they rent it out. Yep. Um, or if they have a job transfer, quite often it's employment transfer and they've got to go into state and, again, they don't want to sell, which, you know, on the Gold Coast, why would you? Yep, um, right. But, yes, and they want to come back to the house. So they then need a lot more education that when they're packing up their home to go and live in Darwin yep. – um, they have to pack the emotion away at the same time and then that house becomes a little mini business for them and it we have to structure it that way. Emotion is a huge thing in real estate, isn't it? Mm, and it is. 
Do you see that? So I see a lot of emotion in people when buying and selling family homes. I've seen yes. that in the past in incarnations of what I've done. But does that um, translate into the rental market as well? It does because the tenant, they're, whether they're there for a, a specific purpose and period of time, they're just there for 12 months because my job's brought me here, or they're making it into their home and want to stay long term. Uh, and then the la- landlord's circumstances change and they either have to move back in, they need to sell, um, whatever that change is, we're dealing with the tenant and their home and that's their emotion and the landlord and it's a business transaction. So we have to coordinate the two to have a win-win outcome, especially at the end of a tenancy um, or with um, the landlord not happy with the way they're parking on the lawn or, or whatever. It's a variety of different things. Can a lot out. of different, yeah, there's a I lot of I guess this is what aspects. you're talking about when you tailor um, each individual yes. situation to, yes. to a, a different need. Yes. So we do have a, a, a book of rules um, and it's called the Residential Tenancies Act yep. that we must adhere to yep. um, and the tenant is required to often um, not be pulled in line. I don't like that term but to educated be, yeah educated that at the end of the day this is the landlord's property yep. they hold all the risk so if you are uh, have all that timber up against the house and you're going to build a dog house and i'm telling you to move it because that timber will attract um termites yep um and then all of a sudden there's a bit of a ruckus i need to be able to educate the tenant as to why you can't do that and i need to pull that into into line. So you're kind of like a magistrate as well. Yes. Or a, not a magistrate. <laughs> what's um, um, a mediator? Yeah, ver- negotiation yeah. I- in this industry. Well, we all know negotiation is part of real estate. But yes. I guess we look at it from the point of view of I want to buy that house or I want to rent that place or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're that person in the middle. Mm-hmm. Does yes. that does that ever get sticky? It gets very sticky at times, um, and that's because again, when the tenant will look at the place as their home and make it their home. How far they go with doing that is another story. Um, And then the landlord, especially if he's an accidental landlord and he's had to move out um, and he's going to come back, um, yeah, they don't want you doing certain things. Because when you're selling real estate, you're obviously selling a property to a person and and Mm -hmm. the person that's selling the property pays the commission. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's quite easy to see the the lineage on who the client is, but for you, the client is actually you've got two clients for this one property, don't you? We do, but it is the same with selling as well. So you're guiding the seller to um, present the po- property in its best light, but also make sure that their property is not going to get all the way to a contract and then fall over because you know, you've got a water leak or something. So I would encourage the seller to have their building and pest done, fix anything that needs to be fixed so that it doesn't fall over at that stage or understand that when the time comes, you may need to negotiate that sale price uh, to reflect whether it's changing carpet, fixing the leaks, all that sort of thing. And it's the same with the tenant. So when we're Let's just say we're renewing the tenancy agreement and we've got the same tenant. They've been there for two or three years, which is, um, well, on today's market, it's often not long. But if they've been there for that period of time and the market is indicating this rent 
you know, just, let's just say, for example, $800 a week yep. and we're renting this place at $650 a week. There's an increase of $150 a week on today's market. So we negotiate with the landlord and the tenant the reasonable price to increase it. So if you want to put it up, you just run the risk of the tenant moving out. Yep. Um, and then you've got the risk, then you've got the downtime, vacancy, cost to relet. So often it's it's just as good to negotiate with the tenant to keep it at a more reasonable price to maintain the tenant. Especially if they've been a good tenant and keep yes. the property in good yeah. condition, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. You said you touched on something before about the Rental Tenancies Act. Yes. Now, we've seen some massive changes in that over mm. the last few years. How's that affected you and your business? We've just had one that started on the 1st of October with Stage 1. Stage so 1? Or how many stages are there? I think there's going to be about three. Mm. So there's a new stage coming in on the 1st of October this year, which will be minimum housing standards for a certain sector. Next year, there'll be more um, more people will be involved in that minimum housing standards. Um, but also... They're also trying to introduce other things, not necessarily in the landlord's favour, but this one that we had in on the 1st of October, we were able to minimise the impact of that for both the landlord and the tenant. So does so that come back to you, again, educating? Because a lot of people were scared because they listened to the media. And real estate true. is a massive one that yeah. everybody listens to the media, you know, auction clearance rate, everything on a Monday morning. Yes. So... Is it as bad as it sounds or no. is it just get it, the right agent and they'll help you through that? Yes. Yeah, so what we would have received but long before they were introduced on the 1st of October was the um, training yep. and, and the understanding. So you can sit and read the piece of legislation but then you have to interpret that piece of legislation and that comes down to all the new um, pieces of legislation that came into effect. So, yes, it's always educating. So we go out and get... A high level of industry training and then we have to come back break it down into being able to relay it to both the landlord and the tenant um and is it the same for commercial i don't know obviously that the housing part of it will be different but are you always learning more about the commercial side of it as well yes so i i don't i don't particularly just stick to the piece of legislation i will go out and i'll um, understand what it means to have a body corporate situation in the commercial space yep. because in the commercial space is different, different to the residential yeah. space. So, yes, there's a lot of learning beyond just that piece of legislation because there's so many. So in commercial there'll be zoning for the council and what, you, what businesses you can and can't have there. It's body corporates, it's um, uh, parking, it's what you can sign each... It's just... It's a lot, whereas it's not just a matter of here's a tenant, move him in, see you later, let me collect the rent. Yeah, yeah. exactly, keep, so, the, yeah. keep going. What are some tips that you'd give people that are, are looking – let's start with if, you're a, if you own an investment property and you want to rent it out. What, what kind of tips would you give those people? So it needs to have its um, street appeal for yeah. people. So when, when they're marketing it, their first um, – inspection is actually Google Earth, believe it or not. So where oh, it is. Really? Yeah. Um, but to rent it faster, it it needs to be in good condition. So when you're living in a property and you see, you know, that door handle's a bit rickety and stuff and you sort of put up with that because whatever. Yep. You can't do that in, in an investment property. So you want to have it in really good condition. You need to present it well and you need to have it priced well. 
So while the market is this ridiculously high market, there is still um, properties that are priced out of the market and every week that you leave your property vacant, you lose 2% of your annual income. That's right. So um, leaving it vacant one or two weeks and you're not getting the applications or the inquiry, then you need... You may as well have dropped your price by 5%. Yes. But if it presents well, it's where everybody wants to be, all that sort of thing, uh, it's got to be the price. Yep. Yeah. So it's the price adjustment that if after two weeks um, you're not getting the inquiry or the applications... Um, then it's it. You need to adjust it. Now, one on your website, I've seen a video about some tips for tenants mm-hmm. that want to get a place, and I think that, that obviously is really important at the moment because um, you know a, a place goes up and there's m- might be ten applications. Mm. What gets an application looked at? You know, it can be like forty applications on today's market. Wow, and it's just and, and I feel sad that we don't have enough properties to put everybody in, mm. but. When you're making an application, what we look for is that three things. We look for that you're able to prove who you are, that you can afford the property and that you can look after the property. So they're three main things. Um, and How then do they do that? Like we can prove who we are. That's who identification. You are, yeah. That's easy. We can probably prove that we can pay for it. Well, when we're looking at whether you can approve it, uh, uh, whether you can prove it, is that we rule of thumb is we can't take more than one third of the combined income. Yep, sort of makes it hard for single mums and and things like that. But yes, that's how we look at it. So the affordability is probably the first thing we look at, so that we can go yes, yes, yes. Yep. Let's keep going with those. Um, and it's so sad because there is a lot of people who just don't meet that criteria. So while you've got a property for rent and it's extremely high and they go, yes, because I've got nowhere to live, um, if you don't meet that affordability, it would be remiss of me uh, to put you in. And then the last bit you said is that you can show that you can look after the property. Yes. How do we do that? So that will often come from a rental reference, either from an agent or a, um, a private landlord. Private landlords are a little bit more tricky to get information out of because they haven't kept a running log of um, the ledger card and, and routine inspections. But if you're just moving out of home, you might need to get mum and dad to go guarantor or if you're just selling your home, your agent will be able to give you a reference of how well the property was presented. That makes um, sense. And, yeah, we can take those ones. And then from the other side of the coin, I guess, in commercial property, is that another whole different set of things there? That Yes, it is because that comes under business. So um, I need to see your affordability because, you know, it's tenfold and, and they pay Absolutely, monthly. Yeah. So I need to see your affordability that you've been able to bring in um, sufficient income for 12 months that you'll be able to afford the rent over that be- period of time. And it's got... Um, as an agent, I can't take that on because I can't be seen to be doing financial, um, financial advice, or, advice or planning. Yeah. Yes. So that's where it comes in with your solicitor and your accountant will be able to tell me that, yes, your bottom line figure says this. So in there, you've been able to afford the rent. There's not that um, uh, ability so much to for the looking after the property. It's more about money mm-hmm. because when you move into a commercial property, you need to make good or you don't Absolutely. get your bond back. So I'll get a much yeah. bigger bond on a commercial to work with at the end. Makes sense. Mm. So 
for a property manager, what's the most important thing? Is it getting the properties or is it getting the clients to rent the properties? As a property manager, so a property manager and a business development manager are are different roles. So your property manager is the person who's going to take care of the property. So they take care of what we call the three pillars. Um, They take care of the profit, the property and the people. Uh, and, And that coordination makes a successful relationship and it makes for a much better um, investment. So someone is looking after your investment. Call it an investment because you're an investment investor, property investor. However, it's an asset. Correct, yeah, absolutely. It's just a big asset. It's a massive asset. So what you want to do is to be able to choose the right property manager to be able to look after that asset because that's your asset moving forward. So that property manager needs to be able to look after the property as well. So there's certain things that we come outside the scope of what we do as a property manager and that's where, you know, there's someone in the business who is able to look at, take care of things other than just your general maintenance. But we do um, property uh, maintenance forecast, which, you know, yep. it's a couple of years old now and this tenant's going to move out, I would budget... Um, I would recommend you budget for painting carpet curtains. Of course, because you've got yeah. the history and the knowledge of what happens yes. over time with that kind of stuff. And then the property also then includes um, boundary fences and hanging trees and body corporate matters. And, and so there's so much more to what we do than just looking after... Just collecting the rent. Collecting the rent and fixing the leaky taps is what I call it. <laughs> so, That's yeah. awesome. Look... We've pretty much run out of time. Can you believe that oh, time's really? gone that quick? <laughs> I, I said to you before we started that I was really looking forward to you coming in because I think that the property market in general is just something that everyone's interested it in. Is, yeah. I actually would love to – I think it's something that should be a regular podcast. People, Someone should be doing a regular podcast on what the property market's doing what, and all the stuff that we've spoken about today. I'm just on an educational piece for people mm. because what has shone through to me today and you talked – very early on about the big franchises of real estate agents and we won't talk about names or like that because we don't need to because we've got Sutherland's right. um, property management because and it does bring it back to being a little bit more one-on-one mm. um, the things that have shown to me today tailoring a solution for each person mm-hmm. you know and because that is that is the real the real difference that you can make now the most important thing though is how do people get in contact with you I have a website and it's spmg.com.au. So that's Sutherland's Property Management Group.com.au. Yep. Um, and it's that's probably the quickest way uh, to get in contact with us. And you can get in contact with us through the messenger services and that sort so of thing. So if you're watching this on YouTube, we will have a link to that in, in the comments below. So that, that will cover that off. But otherwise, just... I found it quite easy. I just put Sutherland's um, property management and yes. um, it came up first. It was there and uh, ready for me yes. to go to. Yep. And look, Colleen, thank you so much for your time. That's and okay. You're very welcome. I hope thank that you we, um, me. yeah, I hope we come in, come in here again and do something again because um, this has been fun. It has. Excellent. My oh. last, just one last thing that popped into my head was when you were talking about education. One of our taglines is education is the most cost effective form of risk mitigation. I think you've just given us one of our um, little sound bites there. That, that <laughs> is, but it's, it's true, isn't it? It's it so is. and it's so simple, but it's probably the first thing that gets overlooked by many businesses. It is, yes. So, look, thanks again. It's been okay. absolutely brilliant, and um, I know that I can't wait to speak to you again one day. Yes, sounds good. Thanks so much. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening to the My Business Podcast, brought to you by Media 8 on the Podfire platform. If you want to be on our podcast, please reach out to the team on all our socials at mybusiness.pod.